And welcome into the KDLM Sports Wrap, everybody. 1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Lots to get to today. We'll be joined in the second half by Brandon Warren of Access Twins. Talking about Twins offseason stuff. I, I booked Brandon on the show a week ago, hoping that by today we would have something Twins offseason-y to talk about. And lo and behold, the 13th hour, they signed J-Hap last night. He'll be the number four starter for the Twins. We'll talk to Brandon Warren, second half of the wrap. First, we're going to preview what's coming up in high school sports tonight. Talk about the Timberwolves' loss last night. Woke up this morning, could not believe that the Wolves once again blowing a double-digit lead late. But you know what? The Wolves, uh, they're the Wolves. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports. Rewind time. Look at the broadcast schedule tonight. We have Laker girls basketball in Pequot Lakes at 7.15. And Charlie Newland on the call tonight. Lakers uh, on a two-game winning streak beating Thief River Falls 52-24 to on Tuesday night. I had a chance to stop by Laker practice last night and talk to Captain Maddie Bowers and Sarah Tangan about the win and uh, the game tonight. We're joined by captains of the Laker girls basketball team, Sarah Tangan and Maddie Bowers. How are you two doing? Good. Pretty good. So it's been an exciting start to the season uh, after the overtime loss to CI. Uh, you've won two straight games to get to two and one. It's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really fun getting we're, a good start. We're seeing lots of improvements already in these couple of games here. A week of games uh, under your belt. Practice has been going a little bit longer than that. What does a, a typical practice with masks and social distancing look like at the high school level? Um, we normally start off with like di- dinos and we're always spread apart, always have the mask on. It's pretty difficult, but I think we're all getting used to it so far. Um, we're taking extra care, being safe with like making sure we're all like breathing okay, if that makes sense, with the mask, but also making sure we're exercising enough so that we're um, progressing in how much we're able to take during a game. So conditioning a huge part of that. Is that a little bit different to your regular off-season routine, or do you focus on that more this year? Definitely focus more on the conditioning part this year. Yep. And it's been, a lot of us have been putting in more time outside of uh, practice, like working out with masks on, making sure we're ready for the basketball season with them. Sarah, you missed uh, yesterday's game against Thiefer Falls. How's the ankle feeling? Um, it's all right. I will not be playing tomorrow also, but hopefully I'll be back next week. Um, it's just one of those things that needs rest, and hopefully it'll get better. Larson going to fill in free the point guard spot again tomorrow? Um, yes, I hope so. She's looking pretty good out there. Yeah, nine points against Steve River Falls last night. What, what are some ways that you can step up in a leadership role when you're on the bench and not able to join your team on the court? Um, a lot of things. The main point, really, uh, motivation, of course. Always cheering the girls on. I also can help provide insight that maybe they can't see while they're on the court playing. Maddie, you were all over the court yesterday. Uh, no points, but a handful of jump balls, balls knocked out of bounds. You were everywhere defensively yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Defense was kind of our main point point yesterday shutting down their posts and I think we did a really great job of that and it worked very well for us. Looking ahead to uh, tomorrow night against Pequot Lakes. What do these girls bring to the table? Um, They're very active at shooting and driving. They're kind of an all-around really good team so we had to prepare in multiple ways. Um, Again focus on defense that was our main point and just fine-tuning our offense. Yeah. Looking ahead to next week, uh, a couple more home games, it looks like? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we play home on Thursday. Yep. And then that's it. And then we're in park on Tuesday. 
Got a couple home games so far. Uh, we had the game on Tuesday against Deeper Falls on KDLM. Uh, stands not quite full, a lot of cheering parents in there, but it's got to feel different without the pep band, without the whole atmosphere uh, at these these home games, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's our team is trying to step up together to fill in for that noise. Um, it's definitely bringing us closer. It's also helping us bring like more motivation from within our team instead of trying to get the energy from outside, and I think that's actually really helping us. Maddie Bowers and Sarah Tang and captains of the Laker Girls basketball team. Good luck tomorrow night against Pequot Lakes. Thank, Thank you. You can hear Pequot Lakes and Detroit Lakes tonight on KD 11. 7 o'clock pregame show, 7-15 tip-off with Charlie Newland on the call. Other games in girls basketball tonight, Parker's Prairie and Underwood. Ricori travels to Bemidji Crookston at Park Rapids area. Lakers play Park Rapids next Tuesday on the road. Ada Borup and Park Christian Rothsay travels to Brandon Evansville, Barnesville, and DGF tonight. Breckenridge travels to Holly, Purim, and Frazee. Battle Lake takes on Wheaton, Herman, Norcross, and girls basketball action tonight. Pelican Rapids and Lake Park, Audubon. That game has been postponed. Warroad travels to Thief River Falls, Faustin and Bagley, and Fertile Beltrami and Winnie Mac. Another game that's been postponed tonight is the Laker boys basketball team. They were supposed to play in Aiken tonight. That game has been postponed. Other games going on in boys basketball. Pequot Lakes, the boys, they travel to Staples Motley to take on the Cardinals. Lakers beat the Cardinals last weekend. Park Rapids area traveling to Crosby, Ironton, Monaga, and Pillager tonight. Henning traveling to Bertha Hewitt, New York Mills, and Verndale. Sabika takes the trip down 71 to take on the Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines tonight. In boys hockey action, Detroit Lakes back on the ice tonight after dropping a game last weekend to the World Warriors 6-0. They are in Long Prairie to take on the Prairie Center area team tonight. Breckenridge Wapiton at Park Rapids. St. Michael Albertville travels to Moorhead to take on the Spuds at 6 o'clock tonight. Sock Rapids Rice at Alexandria and East Grand Forks taking on Fargo Davies at Shields Arena. That game is at 7.30 tonight. In girls hockey, Thief River Falls and War Road, always a good matchup. Fargo Davies and Moorhead. Sartell, Sock Rapids, and Fergus Falls, and Fargo North traveling to East Grand Forks tonight. Just two free throws. The rebound is loose. Cole Anthony has races into the front court. He'll stop right angle three at the buzzer. Is good, and the Magic have done it. They've rallied from 20 down, and the rookie Cole Anthony wins it at the buzzer. A right angle three. Unbelievable. They've snapped their six-game losing streak. They storm off the floor. And the Timberwolves come away with their 10th loss in 11 games. The call on the floor is, is, is a successful three. Unbelievable. Wolves led by 10 with just over three minutes to play. According to ESPN, they had a 95.8% chance to win that game. But in typical Timberwolves fashion... They find a way to lose it. Now, their 10th loss in their last 11 games, blowing that 20-point lead to lose to the Orlando Magic last night, 97-96. to The Wolves had a fantastic second quarter. They went on a 27-3 to run to control the game. Led by D'Angelo Russell, scored 15 of his 19 points in the second quarter and was 4-4 four for four from beyond the arc. And things look pretty good for the Wolves, who were without Car Anthony Towns and Juancho Hernan Gomez and Ricky Rubio. Jaden McDaniels taking advantage of the opportunity to play extended minutes last night. Had 12 points, 8 rebounds. But second half, lackadaisical is the word that I would use. Wolves 
this Wolves team does not know how to be ahead in a game. If we've seen anything in these last handful of games, the Memphis game, the Atlanta game, and now the Orlando game, three really good opportunities to snap this losing streak and get off the schneid, get some confidence rolling with this young team. Because now, in addition to a, a, a losing 10 of 11, now the fans, even some of the media, are going after head coach Ryan Saunders about his rotations, about his philosophies. Head coach Ryan Saunders is on the hot seat. I saw a comment on Twitter last night that said Dwayne Casey was fired for less. And if Ryan Saunders had a different last name, I think he would have been gone a long time ago. Talking to Cal Soderquist yesterday, he says maybe the, the, the reason that Ryan hasn't been fired yet is because Carl Anthony Towns supports him. If you get rid of your superstars head coach and bring in a new regime, a new staff for the second time in what, three years? How long has it been since they got rid of Tibbs? Two years? Two seasons? That makes Carl Anthony Towns even more upset. Towns with the wrist injury. He's got COVID. He's frustrated. His team can't win games. And if you fire his head coach on top of that, you can expect he's going to be, be holding out, demanding a trade, something to to get out of the dumpster fire that is this Timberwolves organization. Talking about how they sleepwalked in the first. Yeah. They woke up in the second. Shot by Erickson. Eck, he scores! Bounces to Eck, and Eck beats Miller. It's 3-2 Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness for the Minnesota Wild. They win last night. Yoel Erickson Eck is right there with the game-winning goal just two minutes into the third period as the Wild take the game for the Anaheim Ducks. 3-2 Ryan Hartman. Nick Bonino had the other goals for the Wild who are now riding a three-game winning streak. That feels nice to say. Wild had their home opener tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks. Coming up second half of the Sports Wrap, we're going to give Brandon Warren a call. He writes for Access Twins. We'll get his take on the J-Hap signing yesterday and some other moves he thinks the Twins still have up their sleeve because it seems like everybody is signing players except the Twins. Brandon Warren, next on the KDLM Sports Wrap. Westwood One presents memorable moments in NFL postseason history. Sponsored by Merrill Guided Investing. Heading into the 1972 AFC Divisional Playoff against Oakland, the Pittsburgh Steelers had never won a postseason game. And the streak seemed likely to continue as the Raiders held a 7-6 lead with 22 seconds left. But facing a 4th and 10 on its own 40, the home team received... A Christmas week miracle. Bradshaw looking for somebody to throw to. Fires it downfield. And there's a collision. That's cut out of the air. The ball is pulled in by Franco Harris. Harris is going for a touchdown for Pittsburgh. Franco Harris pulled in the football. I don't even know where it came from. The ball ricocheted off the helmet of Oakland safety Jack Tatum. And what became known as the immaculate reception helped spark the Steelers to victory. With another memorable moment in NFL postseason history, I'm Scott Graham, Westwood One Sports. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. The fourth-ranked University of Minnesota men's hockey team hosts Arizona State tonight and tomorrow at 3M Arena at Mariucci. We'll have a series preview when we come back. Somewhere along the way, 
the story got turned around. But we healthcare professionals need to be really clear about this now. We are not the front line. You are. We are your last chance. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. Do your part. An urgent plea from Fight COVID MN, a partnership of Minnesota Healthcare. Golden Gopher head coach Bob Motzko says after losing twice to Notre Dame last weekend, he wants to see a higher level of play from his team this weekend. We want a little bit more business as usual attitude. And, and you know, I think there was some, of course, you know, when you start off like we did, there's high emotions. And now when you, you kind of, uh, you know, we tried to guard against getting too up on that. And now, you know, you you lose three of the the last in the last four games you know we're not going to go too far down it, it you know the the truth always lies in the middle and i want a little bit more business approach to to how, how we're doing things right now and and fundamentals our attitude you know doing things the right way and just kind of get some habits going again in the right way and and we're sure not going to beat it up it, you know it's hockey and the other team wants to win too and and we were not on top of our game. We've got to get back on top of our game, and it's that simple. That's Gopher head coach Bob Motzko, whose team is sitting at 11-3. and Tonight's game starts at 7. The puck drops tomorrow in Minneapolis at 4. For more info on Golden Gopher hockey, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, the Wolves were in action on Wednesday night hosting the Orlando Magic. Minnesota built a 16-point halftime lead and led by as many as 20 early in the second half before ultimately coming up short, losing in heartbreaking fashion. The Wolves had Jared Vanderbilt at the free throw line with just a few seconds left, a chance to put the team up either three or four with free throws. He ended up missing both, and here's how the game finished. This two free throws, the rebound is loose. Cole Anthony has it, races into the front court. He'll stop, right angle three at the buzzer. is good, and the Magic have done it. They've rallied from 20 down, and the rookie Cole Anthony wins it at the buzzer. A right angle three. Unbelievable. 97-96 is the final. Minnesota has now dropped 10 of their last 11, and they fall to 1-8 and on the season without Carl Anthony Towns. Back in action on Friday, hosting the Hawks. Cal Soderquist on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Thursday morning. We haven't talked Twins in a while, mainly because there hasn't been much to talk about. We're joined on the phone by Brandon Warren from Access Twins, just in time to talk about the Twins' first major signing of the offseason. Good morning, Brandon. Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. So we, uh, I-, I booked you on the show about a week ago, hoping that we would have something to talk about today. And lo and behold, in the 13th hour, the Twins sign a fourth starter last night. Tell us about Jay Happ and what he's going to bring to this t- Twins team in 2021. Well, I think maybe you willed this signing into existence. So if you <laughs> want to use that power for good. Right. You're welcome, you Twins fans. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so he's in his late 30s, I think 38, lefty. And, you know, he's, he's got pretty good numbers pretty much his entire career. Doesn't strike out a ton of batters, but I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the twins of the last six or seven years where it was Kevin Correa's and, and Mike Pelfrey's and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
the biggest issue he's had in the last few years has been giving up home runs. But keep in mind, he played at Yankee Stadium, and the ball flies out of there like it's nobody's business. Right. So it should help coming to Target Field where, you know, he's going to have a little bit more of a spacious yard to deal with. He's going to have a pretty good defensive outfield. Depending on what they do at shortstop, maybe a pretty good defensive infield too. So it, it's an interesting signing if he's their number five starter. If he's their number four, then it gets a little bit dicier because they still need to aim higher. They need to make at least another move or two that really move the needle. But as far as, you know, some veteran presence, and if you really care about having a lefty in the rotation that's already full of righties, it's a, it's a completely inoffensive move. And if that's not exciting, I understand. But these are the kind of moves that good teams make to make sure that they're not going to a bunch of rookies at the back of their rotation to get a bunch of innings. Yeah, a lot of righties in the rotation. Barrios, Dobnak potentially, Maeda, Pineda, um, all righties. Who do you think is, is his biggest challenger for that number four spot? Is it going to be Randy, Randy Dobnak making a, a bounce back yeah. season? Yeah, I think the division here is to go Maeda, Barrios, Pineda, one, two, three. Leave that four spot for whoever they bring in yet, and then have Hap and Dobnak kind of battle for that last spot. Keep in mind, Dobnak wasn't even supposed to be in the rotation to mm-hmm. start the season last year, and I want to say he made like the third most starts. He made more starts than Homer Bailey and Jacob Rizzi combined, or at least that was just true at some point last season where he had made more starts than their expected or combined. So. I think there's a chance they bring Odorizzi back for that number four spot, which gives you some really nice depth. If, if Odorizzi's your number four or three, if you flip him with Pineda, then you don't have to care that much about your number five, whether it's it's Dobnak or Hap, or if it's one of the kids like Devin Smeltzer, or even digging deeper with Johan Duran or someone like that. So they've got some options, they've got some depth, and they're going to need it, assuming they get all 162 games in. You know, we just come up a 60-game season, 162 is going to be a different slog. But I still think they're going to make some moves and they're going to be well set up to, to succeed in, who knows, maybe a third straight division crown. Dr. Brandon Warren from Access Twins. What are some other moves the Twins need to, to make? Because uh, everyone is, is clamoring for a, for a shortstop, but I thought Jorge Polanco was going to be the guy for the Twins moving forward. Well, I think when you look at this team right now, you see a, the shell of a pretty good club, and there's no obvious need. Like, do they need to sign a DH? Probably. And is that Nelson Cruz? I think there's a decent chance. But you get to a point where you say, all right, we need to add more talent. So where is that going to be? And it's there, there's never too many good players on a team. If you look at the Dodgers who are coming off winning a World Series, we were talking about Kiki Hernandez off the air. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a starter, but he played a big role for those teams in the last few years. He's coming off a bit of a tough season. But – Chris Taylor, Max Muncie, they've had guys who've played all over, not been promised starting roles, but end up getting 400, 450 plate appearances in a full season. So what I think that means for the Twins is that they right now are identifying shortstop as a potential spot to make a move like that, where Polanco kind of fills in, and you can find a really good defensive shortstop in this free agent market, and it's probably going to be cheaper than next year when a whole bunch of superstar types, Carlos Correa, and Francisco Lindor and Corey Seager and Trevor Story are available. If you attack that market a year early, you can have a really good defensive shortstop of Marcus Semyon, Angels and Simmons, Didi Gregorius. And then that allows you not only to play Polanco all over, but it gives you insurance at third base, assuming Donaldson stays healthy and hopefully you don't need that. 
but also at second base where Louis Urias has struggled to hit left-handed pitching with any sort of pop. And, you know, he had a couple spells last year where he wasn't, uh, wasn't doing so great. So I think it just gives the twins more depth if they have a shortstop and it gives them a chance to add, for instance, Semyon, who was a, an MVP candidate two years ago to a deal that maybe isn't going to pay him market rate because teams are going to wait for their chance at hopefully Lindor next year. So I think it's just kind of trying to be opportunistic on, on a market that as we get later into the winter is, is going to be, you know, finding guys on cheaper deals. Twins expecting some big things from, from, from guys who've been hearing uh, their names for, for a long time uh, with, with Eddie Rosario gone. You've got uh, Marwin Gonzalez, a free agent right now. Nelson Cruz likely not coming back. Who are some young guys that are going to step up in some of those roles for the twins this season? Well, and when you look at the prospect lists, you always see guys like Alex Kirilov, Royce Lewis, Trevor Larnick, yep. and there's a good chance that each of those guys makes their regular season debut. I, I know the qualifier because Kirilov made his MLB debut in the playoffs last year. But I think Kirilov kind of has the inside track in left field. And the fact that the Twins brought him up to play in October doesn't really give them a leg to stand on in terms of bringing him up later to mess with his service time. And We've seen with the Cubs, they did that with Chris Bryant, and now all of a sudden that sixth season or seventh season, whatever it is, they are looking to trade him, and so it didn't even pan out. So I think the Twins would be best suited to just bring Alex Kirilov up that first day of the 2021 season. If he ends up at first base, that opens up the spots for Larnick to play left. And I think, too, we have to keep in mind that Byron Buxton's going to be a free agent after next season, assuming they don't get a long-term deal done. Mm. And that's where maybe Royce Lewis figures into center field if he doesn't end up playing short. So we're getting close to seeing a lot of these really exciting young offensive players break through. And it's exciting for them to break through on good teams because, you know, when we saw Buxton and Sano come up, the Twins weren't quite as good, and then there's more pressure on them. So – the hope is that if you can take the pressure off those guys, that it kind of eases their transition to the big leagues. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out. Looking around the division, the White Sox have been pretty active, not just last offseason, but this offseason as well, uh, trading for, for Lance Lynn, uh, bringing Adam Eaton back on a, on a one-year contract, signing the arguably the, the best reliever on the market in Liam Hendricks, former twin, by the way. Are the Twins still favored to win this division, or is it, is it the Chicago White Sox race to lose at this point? Well, not only that, but maybe the best reliever in baseball, Liam Hendricks. Yeah. But they definitely paid the market rate for an elite reliever. It's a Henley Jansen or a Raldis Chapman kind of contract, and those can blow up. Keep in mind, he's in his early 30s. He's not as young as people might expect because he kind of toiled in, in obscurity with the Twins as a starter. So he's been around a while. I think the moves that they made all make sense, and I think that they're the favorite right now, but that's mostly just because – the Twins haven't done anything, but each of those moves has individual potential to, to not pan out particularly well. They traded Dane Dunning for Lance Lynn, and Dunning looked really, really good as a, as a youngster last year for the White Sox. Adam Eaton has really, really struggled, especially last year, but the last two years, and I think a lot of his game is predicated on speed, which you can't really count on in your 30s. Um, I certainly know I can't, and, uh, <laughs> and so... Um, and then uh, Hendricks, or Lynn, sorry. You know, we saw Lynn up close and personal here with Minnesota. It didn't go well, but he's been a Cy Young candidate the last two years. But he's a free agent. And so, you know, he's a free agent to be this next offseason. If they can't keep him, 
suddenly they've given up a pretty good youngster for a starting pitcher who's going to fly the coop. And then, yeah, Hendricks, obviously, you know, big reliever contract. There's so much volatility in, in how relievers pitch. We saw that with his former teammate, Blake Trinan, who was just absolutely terrific one year and then got non-tendered the next. So I hope for Hendricks' sake that he stays healthy and stays good because he's a really good guy. But obviously Twins fans are kind of hoping it's it's not as good of a value. <laughs> There's no question about that. Looking at your website, accesstwins.com. You got an article up that you wrote recently about uh, the Twins' interest in Marwin Gonzalez. Depth going to be an issue as of right now. Uh, are you pro or anti the Twins bringing back Marwin for 2021? It's, it's, I would say pro in general because they're going to need depth and they're going to need guys who can fill in a lot of spots. But I also think you have to realize he's not going to play as much as he did the last two seasons unless he merits it based on how he plays. So I don't think they're going to try force-feed him 100 games in a full season unless he's playing well, which he, he didn't this last season. He was decent that first season. But I think, again, if they sign a really good shortstop, then Marwin becomes kind of your second bench guy, in which case it certainly helps that he can play the outfield and the infield and has hit lefties in his career, something the Twins struggled to do a bit last year. So I think it makes a lot of sense if the, the price is right and it doesn't preclude them from signing someone to play short on a fairly regular basis. But if it's a role where he filled the last two years, then it becomes a little more questionable. But in, in general, I'm finding it hard to get too upset about. And again, they haven't crossed the finish line or anything either. Talking to Brandon Warren. Brandon, if someone wants to find your stuff online, where can they find it? Accesstwins.substack.com. Free newsletter. Anything that people donate is obviously appreciated, but definitely not expected but accesstwins.substack.com. Spring trader right around the corner. I'm sure we'll talk again soon, my friend. Brandon Warren from Access Twins. Thanks for joining us. We'll chat again uh, in a couple weeks, probably. Sounds great. Thank you. Can't wait. It's finger looking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Thanks again to Brandon Warren from Access Twins. If you want to go back and listen to that interview, if you missed any of it, you can go do so online at kdlmradio.com, the all-new kdlmradio.com on the on-demand tab. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Can't wait moment. Well, Laker girls basketball trying to win their third straight game. They're on the road in Pequot Lakes tonight. Pre-game show at 7 o'clock. Charlie gets you all the action at 7.15. Other Laker action tonight. The boys varsity swim and dive team are at Thief River Falls tonight. Detroit Lakes boys hockey. They're taking on Prairie Center. Boys basketball has been postponed. They were supposed to play the Gobblers in Aiken tonight, but that game is being rescheduled. Find that full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. You're in tune to KDLM Radio. Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Author Musique begins after CBS News. It's just after 10 o'clock.